a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Welcome listeners to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today, I'm joined by a lady from Dallas, Texas, a lady by the name of Laurie Beard. Laurie, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Paul. And uh, we spoke a little bit off air, Laurie, didn't we, about, you know, the focal point of this this conversation, you know, what uh, what insights you can share for, for the betterment of our listeners. And we decided on the title of Mastering the Mind. Lead us into this, Laurie, by telling us what you mean by that, to, by those three simple but powerful words, Mastering the Mind. Absolutely. It's a topic, it's a theme that I'm very passionate about because of my preparation, because of what I do. What I do as a life coach combined with hypnosis is tap it into subconscious mind to help people reprogram their thought processing patterns that are limiting. Um, we, all, we all have heard a little bit more and more about this in our lives, right? People are more into meditation, into being aware of their thinking well that's what i want to think right there's more people out there speaking more about that to, about this to bring up awareness but that is what i am very passionate about mastering our minds for better outcomes in our personal or professional life so in a simple if we can make it simple laurie in a very simple way why 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 must we master our minds why is that so important extremely important um paul um and let me give you examples um can i share some examples that are from my life and some people also that i have been able to work with absolutely please do very good a simple thank you so much for allowing me so a simple a simple uh example is from my own life. I share this a lot. It, it's, it's just what my story, right? What, what I grew up with and it was part of my formation. Growing up, my parents divorced. Now, we see that as a very common occurrence these days or in my generation. Back in the 80s, 90s, there's a lot of families or individuals that witness uh, and even in the present moment, right? There's families that need to go through a process in life where the parents need to part ways. And it, while it's very common, it still affects, it still impacts the individuals, the children or the family members in that, in that unit, right? In that household. And in my life, it's one of the things that impacted me too. I was the young of four children and um, never, I don't remember my father leaving at home 
And for a long time, I was um, affected by this idea, this fact that my father didn't, wasn't with us, didn't interact with us, didn't come see or look for us or pick us up to go play only a few, few, few times. And forever, my mind was stuck or stagnant in that negativity, in that victim role or mentality of me saying in my head again and again, I wasn't valuable enough. I wasn't worthy enough of deserve his love or his desire to stay around and fight for me or be there with me. Um, I'm speaking for myself. I don't know. I don't think my siblings probably, it affected each of us in a different way, right? And we need to honor how everybody is impacted by an experience in their life. And we have a different way of perception or perceiving things. But that's what uh, inhibited me in, in one area of my life, right? It affected my self-confidence. Imagine as a child thinking I wasn't worthy enough or valuable enough for one of the most important beings in your life, right? So when I was able to reframe that um, or change my mind and give as much power as I was giving into that negativity to the other uh, or half of the equation was my mother. She kept us, she fought for us, she provided for us, she loved us and nurtured us. But it wasn't until I was an adult and going through my studies and doing my own homework for to do the, the internal detox, the, inter the internal cleaning, <laughs> you know, that I didn't realize that I was giving that so much power to the negative aspect of that experience. And when I realized that my mother stayed, my mother fought for us and for me, that was so empowering when I looked at, uh, you know, the half glass full sort of speaking in that circumstance. Mm. So that made a big difference in my life, and I felt so much better. It strengthened me internally, it helped me understand that my value doesn't depend, it should not depend on anybody's uh, definition of my value or lack of definition, or, and um, it changed my life for good. Mm. If I could just come in there, Lorraine, and sort of um, and, and comment on what you've said, I, I know that so many people can relate to not specifically or maybe not specifically that story, but that, you know, as, as we grow older um, and we kind of inherit these these behaviors, these beliefs, not really ever stopping to think where they've come from. Well, that's just me, isn't it? It's the way I am. Um, you know, and you know, particularly in the UK, there's this culture we call it stiff upper lip. You know, just get on with it. Don't moan. Just get on with it. Um, and of course, it. You know, we do. We kind of paper over the cracks, don't we? And we just get on with it. But the problem with that is. We don't feel good about ourselves and we're constantly firefighting, aren't we? And it's like, why do I feel like this inside? Why do I feel rubbish? You know, life's not meant to be like this. And it's not, as I say, you know, from my understanding, Lauren, until we start to peel those layers back and go back invariably into our childhood and start to understand where we got those beliefs from that you'll never be good enough, you'll never be loved. And that could have been told to us directly or could have been, as you say there, your own understanding of what's actually unfolding. So I love what you've started to share 
here, Laurie, in terms of setting the scene around, you know, this this deservedness that really does prevail in so many of our lives. And we just carry it through to later life and we pick up another plaster and we pick up another label and we stick that on us and we just get very confused about who we really are, don't we? We do, we do. And that was the case with me. And um, I didn't know my value. I was also, I, I grew up and at some point I went through a growth spurt, right? And I kind of like, oh my goodness, shoot it up to the sky. And I had long legs and, you know, those uh, years were with puberty and all that. And then my legs were very long. I stretched and I was super tall and forever people were telling me, you know, flamingo or calling me names, giraffe and all that. And not until I decided to do something about that and to find my own beauty or whatever. I mean, and then you, you get you get it both ways. You get people calling you names and giraffe and flamingo and telling you things, mocking me. And then I had other people like, oh my goodness, I wish I had long legs. And then you're like, where am I, you know, this, right? Some people like it, some people don't like it. And that's what we think. That's what even celebrities and my clients, you know, out there, they they listen to people's opinions and 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 also if it's not self-inflicted right we we, we listen to these ex external voices and this is the script we have in our in our head when, when when people say you know i hypnotize you know they think it's a big deal and it's something so different than normal and to me i, I when i tell them you, you are hypnotizing already yourself with this negative scripts and negative negativity in your head all the time and that's what i was doing i was always hypnotizing myself or having this mental chatter that is destructive about myself because i didn't know where i was and i love how you like the idea also of mastering the game of life but how we master the game of life is is super broad right it encompasses a lot of things but then when you start by knowing yourself, right? I think a philosopher said, know thyself. When you know thyself first, oh my goodness, so many things come into place because when you know thyself, you understand your weaknesses, your reasons behind some behaviors and attitudes. You know then, you are aware of what is it that triggered it or what is it that caused it. When you work on mastering those things and consciously make an effort to understand yourself better and master those thought processing patterns life changes because then you get to understand yourself better and know what triggers how to avoid certain things how to confront others um so that you can live a better more balanced life knowing who you are valuing yourself no doesn't matter what other people tell you if it's good and elevating you to the sky or if it's dropping you down to the to the ground, you know who you are because you know your value yourself instead of depending on people's opinions. So that's how you master your mind to then master the game of life. What was coming to me there as you were speaking, Laurie, was um, one of the favorite uh, books. I was just about to say read. How's that for some conditioning? Just about to say read. Paul, you don't read books, you listen to audios. <laughs> but, See, um, fellow American of yours, Alan Singer, um, The Untethered Soul. 
And he starts that off, Laurie, by saying, to thine own self be true. However, who is who is that uh, that own self? You know, and he starts to break that down into the the psychology side. You know, the id, the ego, the super ego, without going too deep. But he just uses that to say, well, hang on, yeah, I like the saying, to thine own self be true. But who is my true self? Who is my own self? I, I'm so confused. Um, and I think it's fair to say, isn't it, that we get so trapped in this human conditioning of who we think we are. You know, that's that's kind of, you know, can be quite tough to shake off those labels um, in their own right on a human level, let alone then embracing, dare I say, the more spiritual side, the more sore side of, of you know, who we really are. So that, you know, I don't think it's difficult, Laurie, to, you know, for to understand why people actually get confused about their confusion. I don't know if you'd agree with that at all. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Totally. Absolutely agree. Um, Paul, can I ask you, how have you been able to understand more who is your true self? I'm just curious if I may ask. Yeah, of course, you, you can, you know, within this dance that's uh, unfolding, Laurie, you can ask anything you want, because as listeners know, the style of these podcast episodes are very, you know, hopefully raw. Um, no apologies <laughs> for that, because, yes. you know, the learning is for people that are in pain and are in suffering, that they can take those, you know, that wisdom, insights, experience, call it what you will, and, you know, um, don't have to suffer and pay the same price that, you know, that some of us have, some of us have paid. So, yeah, excellent question. So how... How have I sort of moved on, I suppose, is the is the question you, you're asking, Laura. I just want to be very clear so I answer you very explicitly. So is it, are you saying how have I moved on and come to know myself? Is that the question? Basically, yes. That's a good way, yes. Yeah. That, okay. That's allowed for you to understand your true self. Yes. Yeah. Giving you a clue so you can move on. Yeah. Um, well, my, in very simple terms, I mean, listeners have heard this, you know, my story, um, my script, if you like, you can call it what you will. And the fact that I absolutely nowadays categorically, I'll use the story, I'll use the script, I'll make reference to it, but I'll put a big, big, big... Um, caveat on that to say do you know what world it doesn't own me i let it own me for many years it defined who i was it doesn't even remotely come onto the table now yes i'm talking about it but it's got no emotion it's a bit like me reading a, um, a children's nursery rhyme from a book it's just it is what it is i've took the learning from it so where did that learning start to start to answer your question lauren it started when i was 13 and a half years of age and i created a belief system because my domestic world was in tatters um my my stepfather was i called him the beast i've wrote about him in my books he's been sort of referred to on podcasts as the beast um and I've actually used the word evil and I stand by that and you know people challenge me on my use of language and well there must be a lot of hurt and hatred Paul and negativity because you still you still use that word evil no if you notice the tone of my voice it's a bit like saying mm -hmm. I don't know 
ice cream or I don't know rain or umbrella or dog or cat <laughs> there's no emotion attached to it other than the guy or his behaviour um, in my formative years towards me and my mother who stepped in to protect me um, was based on somebody that um, was evil and so I created a belief system for survival that was based on alcohol at a very early age and also a belief that one day I would play professional football uh, what, what our cousins across the, uh, the pond they call soccer and what happened was my local team, my local professional team, actually lost two games in the space of uh, 24 hours and, uh, sorry, 48 hours. And that, at the time, I was 13 and a half, Laurie, absolutely devastated. Because when you create a belief system around something and hold it and put it up on a pedestal and then it gets challenged negatively, it's very difficult to cope with it very difficult to cope with it what I've now realized is I gave away my power to something outside wow. of me so the the my only solution was when they lost these two football games I actually used at the time words like uh, treachery betrayal um, I was devastated how can you do this how dare you lose two games you know <laughs> these these, these guys didn't even know who I was. Um, but in my mind, they was my reason for living. So what I decided to do was end it. And I ran away from home that evening, went to a secluded spot around two, two and a half miles away, took a razor blade, ready to end it all. And oh, wow. What happened was, um, and, and I've not shared this too much, Laurie. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting question, but I'm going to share it now because I've even wrote about it in my book in very sketchy terms. But the reality was, as I sat there in this isolated spot with this razor blade over my left wrist, ready to end it, oh, wow. something happened. Um, you can call it into, you know, divine intervention, a gift from above. And that's not mm -hmm. the that was the first time, but subsequently is not the, uh, the only time it's happened to me, but I felt a push from behind. And it, oh, God. it pushed me forward. I fell on the floor and I did something that I hadn't done for years. Uh, bearing in mind, I'm only 13 and a half at the time. I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. I just broke down. Ah. All that energy and all that emotion just left me. And as I got up and composed myself some minutes later, I looked for the blade there was nobody in this cave and there was no blade to be found. That for me was my first understanding and experience of what I've later de defined as divine intervention. What that gave Absolutely. me to give real kind of focus to your uh, question, your excellent question, or it was an understanding of right. Now I know why I'm here. I am here to fight for others. I'm not going to run away from anybody or anything ever again. I'm going to fight. And I'm going to start by fighting for my mother because she's taken all these beatings, you know, to try and stop me taking my beatings off the beast. And it's not right. So basically that became my 
you know, at such a tender age where I didn't have any intellectual or emotional maturity about me, but I knew instinctively that my role was to fight for the underdog. And that was terminology that I used for many, many, many years until I was challenged by it and told, actually, Paul, it's admirable that you've got this caring, strong, you know, uh, compassionate nature, but your terminology is very patronising. Who are you to say that other people are underdogs? And that mm-hmm. took a bit of a settling okay. in. And, and I even questioned that, Laurie, with the, well, substance is more important than style. Forget the fancy words, whether it's underdog, victim, you know, I don't know about that stuff. Yeah. But I know I'm here to protect and to serve. So that was the very, very crude beginning of my journey and my focus and my purpose of, right, I know why I'm on this earth. And it's to try and help others that can't help themselves. And, do you know, it's really grown from there. It hasn't been a smooth ride, not by any stretch of the imagination, because my drink addiction prevailed for decades. So I was fighting the demon drink as well. Wow. And then this is like amazing. I am still trying to digest all the information and what a beautiful story. And thank you so much for sharing it. And I feel so honored that you shared it, it's just a great example of what it is to be more than our circumstances, right? Yeah. Be more, and then having that purpose drove you. I mean, that divine intervention definitely (laughs) shook you, right? It was like an awakening. And sometimes we need to go through these dark circumstances, dark moments in our lives to decide, what are we going to do with this? It can be a gift, it can be a curse, but we need to make it the most. And that is what I like to do too. I like to empower, and you did that. You did that on your own at 13 years old, 13 and a half. <laughs> That's amazing that you said no more. I need to fight, fight for others, and I'm here to fight for my mother. I mean, and, and probably, definitely, yes, the road hasn't been smooth. There's been maybe hurdles and obstacles for you to get over. But isn't that why we're here? It's like enrolling in school and not expecting a test, right? Yep. You enroll to school to be challenged, to learn those lessons from the lectures, from the teachers, from the laboratory experiments. And when we're grow- going through those circumstances, we need to decide, are we going to pass the test? or not are we going to learn what is it that we need to learn from this experience and use it to fuel us to fuel us to master this game of life to master my mind and um wow that is amazing that is amazing thanks for sharing your journey and your beginning and your purpose um definitely inspiring and i have people here in my office that that since you mentioned the word victim, right, or being an underdog, there, there, I, I, I like to teach the triangle of drama. I'm sure you're familiar with the triangle of drama, right? Yeah. That pl- places us in this vicious triangle instead of a vicious cycle. It's a vicious triangle of being a victim or a rescuer or a persecutor, right? And it's still it's still something either one of those positions just incarcerate us just 
make us uh, prison, prisoners of this drama triangle because sometimes we can't push somebody to change. We can't rescue somebody either. I don't know if that, you know, you felt a lot of responsibility for your mother and I don't know how it ended up, um, but your mother was the adult and I'm sure she was in a mindset or in a mental state that she didn't see her strength or her confidence to stand up to this beast, right? Um, but it's so beautiful how, you know, if we are coaches, sometimes we feel like we are caretakers, right? Givers, we're givers and givers and we want to help others. But when I teach people to get out of that triangle, to become coaches or creators or challengers, wow, it makes a difference in their life, as if, if it made a difference in my life. Um, may I ask, how's your mother now or how she ended up with this relationship or... Did, he, did she continue? She eventually left him um, and then uh, married, um, remarried for the third time. Because ironically, Laurie, my the Beast was her second marriage, and mm -hmm. he was um, he was a worse version of my own biological father. Because my own biological father, who has has long since passed, um, you know, was very very fond of drink. And he was very handy with his fists, particularly where women were concerned, and my mother. Wow. Um, so the other guy obviously followed suit. Third time of asking, she found happiness for 20 years before then dying of lung cancer, uh, which ironically, cigarettes was one of her crutches to help her get through the pain, calmer nerves, etc., etc., as was yeah. drink. You know, so I was brought up at a very early age witnessing drink as you know, a normal way of life. Um, I didn't know any right. different. And, you know, I, when I found out that my mother was secret drinking, I used to help myself to her, her stashes of whiskey and uh, and sherry. And, you know, you imagine drinking whiskey at an early age. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, the, the taste for me personally was vile, but it numbed the senses. It numbed the physical yeah. pain. But what yeah. soon became apparent, Laurie, was with alcohol, uh, numbing physical pain that wears off even at that age and taking beatings you get used to it what you don't get used to is the emotional pain um, there, there was a um, and this is slightly kind of off track um, but there was a, a British world champion boxer and he made the statement I think when, when he lost his wife uh, through his own um, shenanigans and he says I can take beatings all day long in the ring um, not a problem because you get used and oblivious to, to physical pain but one thing I'll never ever come to terms with is the emotional pain that comes with you know loving and losing a woman and I mentioned that in the context of you know what my mother went through because when I when I asked her Laurie why did she endure it for all those years her answer was Paul, I come from a generation where you've made your bed, you lie on it, and that's it. And it's like mm. I was so angry and frustrated with that response all those years ago. Um, but, you know, that was that's conditioning for you and beliefs, isn't it? Absolutely, yes, yes. But, wow, so you mentioned many, many things that I, that I am passionate about. It's emotions, emotions. I have a chart here you know, that I present to my clients and many of those emotions root 
and come from and stem off of fear. And that is one of the big, big emotions that we that that lead us to behave in a certain way or to make certain certain decisions. And sometimes we are even fearful of our own emotions and to tap into them. Mm-hmm. And because they can be scary. And what I like to teach is that I like to teach that we need to feel them, but not stay stagnant in them if, it, if they're negative and if they are going to drive us to negative places and negative behaviors and habits like drinking and all that. There's got to be an escape. There's got to be a way for you and, and your audience. You know, this is if, if there's any takeaway from, from, from this conversation, right? This dance that we're having, right, as a podcaster and me as a guest speaker, I would like the audience to understand that you can run, but you cannot hide from those emotions. And whether it's drinking, it's uh, gambling, whether it's video gaming, whether that is, you know, that's what pain looks like. When somebody's stuck in those negative negative habits because of the negative emotions that they haven't been able to deal with and resolve and reframe and remove and release, and that is where I'm going to ask everybody out there, find a mentor, find a coach, find a counselor, a mental health professional, whatever it is, and somebody that you are going to be able to trust and voice out your, 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 your feelings. So if you don't feel safe with anybody, at least do that with your, your phone uh, voice recording application, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, write things down. That's why I treasure journaling. Journaling is so important because it's the way our brain is speaking and, and, and not, not our mouth, it's our brain is speaking with, when we're typing or writing something down. And we can really dump everything in that piece of paper and we wanna burn it and trash it or you know, uh, shred it. <laughs> you know, at least our emotions were processed and were uh, dealt with you know and then you can look at yourself from the from the inside out and from the outside in when you read something i have many many of my clients to journal somebody came with a list of things she wanted help with and i said are you sure that's it she said yeah this is all my list i made sure to write everything on this little piece of paper to sit down and tell you all my issues to see if you can help me and I said, are you sure that's everything? And then she's like, oh, um, I was actually sexually molested many, many times. Blah, blah, blah. And that was not in her list. <laughs> and I, I think this is interesting because our human brain tries to suppress all of these memories, experiences, and emotions to try to continue moving forward in life. But they still, they're still there, present, and they come to the surface one way or another. If it's binging with food, if it's, and I already mentioned all those bad habits, it comes out to the surface one way or another, sooner or later. When I, and I'm so glad you wrote a book, Paul, because I hope that process helps you heal. Not, not completely, but probably began your journey to healing and, and processing your thoughts, uh, you know, your emotions. Well, this client, as it turned out, after a lot of time with me, we finally decided to go there into these memories and into these events, right? Um, for you know the events of her being sexually molested and abused. 
and we discuss certain things here in in the office with me and my space and with our time together but it was amazing when i encouraged her and invited her to write about it at the beginning it was such a foreign foreign concept for her but at, at the end she loved it. she's like Lori, i'm sending you another email with me ranting about something that's been bugging me and man it was so wonderful how when it, she even read what she wrote she's like wow i didn't have that realization i didn't have that sense of awareness about this or that i didn't even know this was bugging me or i didn't even remember of remember that memory that incident until i started typing so writing and journaling is so important for healing what any way you want to deal with your emotions please do please do because it's so important for your healing and for you to move forward and for you to enjoy and master this game of life superb laurie thank you thank you for that share Laurie, how can how can listeners reach out to you, find out more about you? What's your primary contact details? Yeah, so it's steadfastbatforward.com. That's my website, and there's a contact, you know, little pop-up that's gonna come there. People can definitely find me also at um, in Facebook or LinkedIn, Laurie Beard, just L-O-R-I-B-E-A-R-D. And uh, it will be such a pleasure to meet um, to meet anybody out there that needs help or that wants to have, you know, uh, it's a complimentary. It's a free free of free of committing, you know, uh, to to me to have a conversation and for me to guide them in anything that's weighing heavy on them. Um, definitely, my website is called Steadfast Forward because I want people to do that. Step, step fast and forward into their greatness. Um, and that's where they can find me. Superb. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you so much indeed. And particularly for sharing um, the insights, you know, the, the how-tos at the end there. And, uh, the, you know, your contact details will be in the show notes for listeners. So uh, just in case they didn't uh, quite catch them on the, on the audio version here. So... There we have it, listeners. Um, the beautiful lady that is Laurie Beard from Dallas in Texas. And all that remains now is for me to say that remember, mastering the game of life, it's a choice of fear or love. Choose wisely. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, he'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. 